It's Tech Talk with Rob Chang from PCMatic.com on Talk 94.5. We have Rob Chang of PCMatic.com. The, uh, you know, I say, why in the world does, why do people not have this? I don't understand it. I don't either. I don't understand Apparently it. Apparently a lot don't have it because of the hack, 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 It never hack. stops. Yeah. And joining us right now is Rob Chang. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Liz. So frustrating. I got a letter uh, two days ago from my annuity company, and I was part of the Move It hack. And so now they're offering me two years of uh, free credit monitoring, and I tried to sign up for it. And, uh, of course, the the code they gave me is not working. <laughs> so it's like, what's the point at this point, anyway, of doing it? Because it was months ago. Do, is it even worth it to, to sign up for it? Um, you know, the, the, this all started, actually, remember when the Department of Revenue in South Carolina got hacked? Yes. This was in 2012, and Nikki was the uh, mm-hmm. was the governor at the time, and she signed all citizens up for it. Yep. And then right after that, um, it was through Experian. Experian got hacked. Yes. <laughs> so now they had our data, not just from, from the hack from, uh, from Columbia, but also through Experian, and yeah. then they got hacked again, Experian. So they have all your information, you know. Um, so if there you had to, and actually that one there you said it was some time ago, so it's old information on top of that. Well, it was I mean, it was so, the the move it. You know, remember that hack from May. The move right, it, yeah the 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 file moving. Um, you know. Uh, so the software, question then is yeah. where I mean wh- where who was using move it so that your data got hacked? Yeah, I mean, it was the my Department annuity. Of Energy and it was my my annuity company, the insurance company. Okay. That my new. They I said didn't even my, hear about that one. My, you know, California, uh, the largest uh, pension fund in the country is California mm-hmm. Public Employees Retirement System or something like that, yeah. and they got hacked as well. So it was the so global. I, so I've gotten this question Atlantic. a lot. Global Atlantic Financial Group is where I have my annuity. And my daughter's pediatrician's office just got hacked. We just got a letter. You're kidding. She, the only thing she has is a social security number, and it's already in danger. Oh yeah. Yeah, actually, the, the one that scares me about the kids is, is the schools, right? And, the, mm-hmm. the, and actually, and right happened. now, Biden is holding a conference on K-12 through and ransomware. And I'm thinking, well, the, what's, what's the conference going to do? Yeah, we know we got a problem. <laughs> I mean, so. I feel the same way. Going for quite some time. Well, they just so, hacked yeah, yeah, Connecticut, a big school district in Connecticut. That was the news today. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, the number K through twelve, and I've said this. Uh, I'm, I mean, K through twelve, number one is probably the they, their their cybersecurity is worse than most homes. I mean, they they don't frequently the person running cybersecurity for uh, a school district, you know, in rural Iowa is going to be the science teacher. Mm-hmm. I mean, so he really and then they don't have the resources. To, and the reason why they don't have the resources to even spend on on you know just basic cybersecurity. And then the the issue then is that also K through twelve when when they get hit it always makes the news because it affects the kids and therefore affects the parents and the parents can go to work and all kinds of things like that so when the K through twelve gets hit there's a, a more of an impact on the area than you know almost anything else. 
You know, I was just reading the Connecticut but, but actually, School Let me District. ask you a question. Though. Oh, but sure. so, well, I was just going back and forth about this. There's yeah. not really a danger to you if you got your identity hacked. So, so the, the risk mm-hmm. that you're running is that somehow your identity would get hacked. Now, everyone's running that risk all the time because there's so many breaches so, over, you know, decades at this point in time that, I mean, so everyone that could have been hacked has been hacked. Now, if you do get hacked, though, you're, if you're a business, that's one thing. But if you're just an individual, mm-hmm. the banks are supposed to cover that. Mm-hmm. They will. Actually, not they're supposed to. They do. Okay. Right? And so, uh, so therefore, up it's all stealing amount, money right? of your account. What's that? Is that only up to a certain dollar amount? Or... No, I mean, the, the banks, I mean, even this, I mean, even if it's over a certain dollar amount, then the banks shouldn't let that go in. I mean, somebody, I mean, Liz, uh, you, know, I, you know, somebody took a million dollars out of your account, I mean, then the banks shouldn't let that happen. Um, right, the best, so, and, and, and this is law. I mean, this is in law right now. So, so the, the issue, though, which I don't think you can get anything around. Now, the problem with identity theft is the one of, the banks cover it. Actually, this happened to my mother mm. about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that even after five years, you're still talking to the bank and said, this is not a valid charge. And then something, you know, and then they turn off your credit again because of that. And you're yes. changing cards around. So, I mean, it's not, you don't have any out-of-pocket spends, but it definitely is a hassle, yeah. you know, to go through this. Yeah. We're speaking with and Rob And the probability is going up because okay. of, um, you know, the, the movement one was really big, right? I mean, yeah. There's hundreds of very large databases that got hit throughout the entire nation on that one. Yeah. We're speaking with Rob Chang of PCMatic.com. You know, Rob, I was saying that uh, the Global Atlantic Financial Group was the name of uh, the company that I have my annuity with. I mean, it was everything. Like, they listed everything that they got um, from the hack, from us. And it was like, it's really disturbing. I mean, and there's no I'm surprised they didn't pay the ransom. I mean, honestly, I mean, mm-hmm. does it even matter? So if they the the movement hack, actually, let's, let's, let's dig into the movement hack because this was a very different hack than the other ones that we read, for example, and anything else that we're talking about because, like, Global Atlantic, they weren't down. Normally, when you have ransomware, there's two things that happen. They're down because they encrypted all the files, so they can't operate. Mm-hmm. And two, they've stolen the files. And the and these yeah. in this case, case with Move It, it was all because of uh, they they stole the files, but they weren't able to encrypt them. Mm-hmm. And I won't go into all the technicalities about okay. how they did that, but they were so. Therefore, when Global Atlantic was getting hit, they didn't even know it was happening. Mm-hmm. And the Department of Energy and all the other ones, that as it was happening, they didn't know it was happening. So there was nothing they could do at that time because they didn't know what was going on. Well, I just pulled up the Global Atlantic angle to it, and it says um, that they realized that the MoveIt-related data breach was at the Pensions Benefit Information LLC, which is one of Global Atlantic's third-party vendors. And we've talked about this before, um, how... These third-party vendors, you know, uh, are the the ones, you know, the the ones that that provide the remote access to your computer or the firewall or whatever that software is. When they get hacked, right? F- what was it, FireEye or something like that? Um, the it it feels like to me that we should be able to hold them responsible. But as you said, how do you prove that their negligence is going to cause you some kind of financial harm? Because well, actually, you have been hacked so, so many so, times. 
So I'm, I'm excited about some. So I'm working with Russell Fry right now, our new congressman, on law that will fix this. I mean, so one of the things here is that they, they kind of are not responsible. And they at this point in time, they're only responsible for coming out with what we call the patch. Here's mm-hmm. a new, some new software that doesn't have this problem in it, right? That, and that's Move It now. Move It, move, so Move It found the problem themselves. Now, what, what they did is that they went, the first thing they did is they told the government. And really, truly, and, and then the, the government is responsible for telling their customers that they got this problem. And, and, and as we've discussed before, I mean, th- this, this is the wrong way to do it. Really, what Move It should do is contact their customers and say, hey, listen, we got this problem. Right. We're going to go and fix it. And then it's just very quiet. Instead, the government tells not just their customers, they tell the entire world, hey, we got this vulnerability out here. That's what happened this time. I mean, and so within, uh, I'm going to say three or four days when they discovered the problem, they were being hacked by the bad guys mm-hmm. because it was a public disclosure. And so that's the law we're trying to write right now. And, and actually, I'm excited about this because I was talking to the Department of Homeland Security about it, and they said, because, you know, I'm saying, you know, I don't know a lot about writing laws. I don't know anything about them, actually, right? But I said, I think this law needs to be written. And so they agree with me. So they're going to work now with Russell Fry's office to get the, uh, the, the bill written. Because um, it's a really important law. Because if Move It just went in and just contacted their customers quietly, you know, say, listen, we got a problem here. We're going to fix it. And then they go and fix it. Nothing of this would happen. Mm-hmm. The problem is the public disclosure that we're doing, you know, before we even have a fix. Right. Well, it took them all this time to, I mean, that happened back in May. So it took them two full months to get letters out to us. So, I mean, the damage is done as a, as a customer, I believe that my, oh, yeah. my information's oh, been yeah. out well, there I mean, for two months. So why the heck are you telling me now? Now you're going to monitor me in case I am my identity is stolen and used. Are you going to fix it? No, we're just going to monitor it. I mean, it's yeah. Okay. Rob, before we run out of time, I want to talk about, and I don't know if you do want to talk about your concept of, of creating this, this kind of united approach to this as a community. And you've been talking about this. That's something that was another big problem. And I'm going to talk, I'm talking to DHS about this as well. Another big problem in cybersecurity is the people in cybersecurity do not work together. Mm-hmm. They, and frequently they don't, so in a region. You know, and, and so you know, if you think about the fire department, the fire departments, all, all the districts, there's a big fire. They don't stop at the edge of their district. All, all of them run to wherever the fire is and right. puts it all out, right? Same with police. I mean, actually, I have a lot of friends in the police, and you know, a really good example is Bike Week. There are the police from all over the uh, area, from counties, from the state level, they all come in to help, right? That, and that, and we need that kind of attitude in cybersecurity. And there, and actually, and the policemen then become more kind of like a fraternity fireman too. And they, and we don't have that in cyber, and we really need it. And so to to promote that attitude and to protect the region. And then the other idea is that I mean, which no one talks about, is a nation state attack. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think I've talked about this on the show. The thing I figured out is that there is no national cyber defense. You know, that there's a cyber defense for air, for, for land, you know, and for sea, but there is not one for cyber. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And the military doesn't feel responsible. I, I, you know, I talk to the military, but when I'm talking to the military, they're talking about how to protect themselves. They're not looking out for the rest of the country when they're talking to anybody about cyber. And we saw And, and that's happened. by design. That is by design. By design? What do you mean? They yeah, want so us I mean, to be The military vulnerable? is not supposed to right now. I mean, that, that's what Trump did. Trump went and said, okay, well, cyber, and this is, you know, it's all put on this new agency, CISA. Mm-hmm. Rather than put it in the military, he could have done that. He instead he decided to put that in the you know on the civilian side mm-hmm. and make a brand new agency, right? Which I could argue. I mean, there, there's so much. I mean, uh, talent and uh, experience in cyber in the military. I mean, the military has been doing this for decades. Mm-hmm. Cyber, and a lot of them are still there too. And and, and but. And there's a lot of leadership skills there, but they're not being used right now because they're only watching themselves rather than, you know, worry about the rest of the country. Well, I'm, so, but, so I'm, anyhow, go I'm, ahead. I was just uh, I was uh, following a story that they were talking about. the. You talk about a nation state attack. It could be something as simple as this. I was listening to uh, a report by um, someone that was saying with the EV cars and as we move towards EV cars, what they did was they made in somewhere in Texas a town that agreed to be a pilot program for EVs and they all have EVs. And what happens to the grid when they all go home at night and they all plug it in? Um, And they're trying to decide how much electric to allow toward the cars and all this stuff. Um, But what they were saying was because of the fact that that the government or a government can not only control how much energy goes into the cars. It's not like gasoline that we pump $10, $20 or whatever. It's uh, the government controlling how much energy goes into that. Um, that will disable all of us if, uh, because a lot of these cars can be remotely controlled. And we know that for a fact, they can be remotely discharged all at the same time. They can all remotely be charged at the same time. And that would put such a strain on the grid if it was nationwide. It would knock out the grid. So I was, this is well, everything you said was one of my key reasons why I don't have an electric car is mm-hmm. that it's just for some reason there, it, it lacks freedom. Like I sometimes you just want to get in your car and drive across the country, and I, I I've never done that, but I want to have the ability to yeah. do that if I ever had to. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, with these electric cars, you have to find the station and all that kind of stuff. And they're probably tracking where your car is, you exactly. know, all this other kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And, and now you're talking about the government controlling the electricity that you have because everyone's going to have the cars. Yes. These are all really good reasons not to have it. And actually, the other one that you said, so this is something I've just figured out, right? There, there's ransomware and all the things we talk about, but there's all these devices now that are on the uh, what's called the, the network. Mm-hmm. You know, it started with cable modems, and you know you have thermostats, and you have garage door openers, right. and you've got your camera and your phones, and now you have cars on there, right? And what I figured out is none of this is secure. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually, what I've, you know, Guam, we talked about Guam and how they shut down. You know how they got in? No. Got in through the cable modems, because there's no security wow. software in there at all. They didn't come in through, they all came <laughs> wow. in, and everybody has cable modems. I mean, yeah. they're the the biggest place, you know, in the government to the littlest at home, they all have a cable modem to have internet in your house. And none of it is secure. Even if you have it, a password. Oh, it has nothing to do with passwords. So, so actually, that's interesting. So the way they get in, there's two ways that they can get into okay. a cable modem. Okay. Number one 
is through, uh, well, they they all have what we call remote access. So the, the that remote access port, just say it on a server, mm-hmm. they get in that way. But the big way they're getting in is what we're talking about like now, like move it, I mean, or software vulnerabilities. So if they're cable modem and they do, they have lots of software vulnerabilities and they just get in that way. Mm-hmm. And, and, the and that's exactly what happened. Actually, it was funny because they got in through, it was like eight different brands of uh, the cable modems all in Guam, and they all got hacked wow. at the same time. And you know what? It's like, you know, these this software, it's... The 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 people who make the soft the software they know about the vulnerabilities and you and you can't control what everybody is doing on their computers or anything like that. So the people who will click on something and now, uh, quite frankly, Rob, there's been a lot of text messages with links being sent. I keep getting those on my cell phone. Oh like, yeah, text messages. That, 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 with so links. that's called that's a brand new. Fishing. I'm getting them too. I mean, yeah, they call that smishing of was a SMS, uh, you know, but it's mm-hmm. a way to get you to click on a link. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on that link is something that you don't want to see or fill in some information or, or download some malware. Right. But mainly right now, I think they're just trying to get information. So it's yeah. just more of a, I mean, the, and they're, and they're still doing cause because, you know, they, like I said before, they have your information, but they're always looking for a little bit more so that they can get in. Easier. I mean, and I've said this. I mean, the um, the biggest, uh, you know, for for your uh, General Atlantic uh, move it thing mm-hmm. is probably uh, a risk to the, to your radio station. I mean, that that's you know a b- bigger target than you mm-hmm. um, for you know whoever's mm-hmm. hacking. So aside from signing but up, you're always some your kind employer. They're, they're going after your employer. So yeah. therefore, the credit monitor doesn't do any good, but it is a risk to. I mean, and that's what's happening. I mean, that's why we see so many hacked. It's because they they're getting to a profile on the, all the employees so they can get into the the bigger you know if so, you're, you're you're working for a radio station not very big but if you're working for you know a very large company mm-hmm. you know and then they have more information about you. So I mean the bottom line is if if you're a business you have got to lock it down because you have so many security holes. Every one of your employees is a security hole. And every piece of software is a security hole. I mean, your cable modem is a security hole, you know. So that as a business owner, you can't just think about how what you're doing. It's about what everybody else is doing while working for you or with you or it's bigger. Or you can use loud listing, right? I mean, so so that's that's the thing is there's a lot of ways you can because employees are always going to do stupid things. I mean, you can't stop that right mm-hmm. yeah and um so what you can do though is that they try to uh you know accidentally or intentionally what doesn't matter some uh some uh bad software then allow listing would stop that mm-hmm. now so that allow listing about, that's one of the many reasons you should use allow listing now we talk about allow listing but a lot of our listeners rob um you know we're used to you saying white listing but those are two interchangeable terms and allow listing they are t- <laughs> Am I right in saying that? Yes. Okay. So you're hundred percent correct. I mean, it was called whitelisting. I'm actually the government started calling it whitelisting, so everyone else started calling it whitelisting. And then, you know, because of I don't know political correctness, we uh, now need I, to. I had a feeling. Say, I had a feeling that had something to do with it. I didn't want to say because blacklisting it, is that, bad. That, that's hundred percent <laughs> like that. So therefore, if Jeez. I say whitelisting, that means I'm 
Right. It's a racist. <laughs> okay, so allow <laughs> listing. So the 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 we're going to only allow the um, programs to run that are you and there are billions that are already reviewed by PCmatic and known to be good Correct. real programs so it only allows those and if you have a pro if you have a company that's using very specific software you can get that on board with the allow listing list you can get that on the list so that your company can use it freely it's as yes. simple as that. that that's exactly right i mean so if you're running certain software right and that that is I mean, basically, we have this monster list, 22 billion, you know, um, files right. of, of things that we've determined to be good. Now, just because we've, we have we may not have seen everything still, we've been doing it for a while, but if there's something else you want to run, then you mm-hmm. just go and say, okay, I want that to run also, and then that's your allow list. And anything beyond that, it just doesn't run. Yeah. Very and good. And actually, we catch, catch a lot of stuff. I mean, we also get, you know, spyware and a lot of other junk. So... You know, that you don't want in your system, but the main one we get is all the ransomware. Would it be a good idea for an employer to make sure all their employees have that at their homes as well? You know, I mean, so that's that's the work-at-home question. So Mm -hmm. if they're at a work-at-home and they got some software on there, it's still... It would just be able... If they did it right, then if they didn't have it on the home computer it would not be able to spread throughout the network mm-hmm. um if they were using loud listening on the rest right um but it, it's probably better to have it on the home computer as well yeah start i really from the think source. this is a missing thing if you think of like a cable modem this is a really good example a cable modem a cable modem is only designed to do one thing you know a computer is designed to do a wide variety of things and so mm-hmm. it gets a little complicated but a cable modem is only designed to do one thing and that's cable modem thing for a garage door opener it's only supposed to do one thing mm-hmm but all of a sudden now it can be a bot. It can it can go and spread ransomware. I mean, and all those things. I can said, we no, stop it should that? really just do the one thing it was supposed to do, right? Can I we, mean, can we it stop doesn't that, need though? to do anything but that. What's that? Can that be stopped with allow listing? I mean. Yes. So the solution to that is allow listing. And so, so right now, my company's in very progressed talks with, with the cable modem industry. Okay. And saying, listen, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, they don't actually, it's funny, they don't know anything about cybersecurity. I mean, That's scary. what we're talking about here, they, they don't understand this stuff. So we're kind of, you know, being like a professor here and trying to teach them how cybersecurity works and what a bot is and why mm-hmm. this happened on their cable modems, what happened in Guam. Yeah. I mean, we're explaining this to them. I mean, it's funny that they, they don't even understand what happened in Guam and how their equipment had to, what that had to do with it. It's unbelievable. All right. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time. We love talking with you, Rob Chang of PCmatic.com. Uh, get it on your computer. That's all I can say. Thank you, Rob. Okay. Take care. Thanks, Thank you. Liz. Bye-bye. All right. Liz Calloway and Nick Summers will be back in a few on Talk 94.5.